0: Welcome to Ocean Avenue, an adult animated comedy podcast, and I'm your host, Donnie. Today I'm reviewing the very first Simpsons episode, Season 1, Episode 1, Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. I watch this episode at least once or twice a year every year, so I know it pretty well. But let's get excited for the very first holiday episode of the year, and we'll be talking about that after the break. (laughs) See you in a minute. welcome back this is a synopsis for season one episode one simpsons roasting on an open fire and uh i got a really good synopsis of that's available on imdb you can look it up uh looked really detailed and i wanted to go with that before i did my you know my little pizzazz at the end <laughs> so here's a synopsis there's an opening credit the title the simpsons christmas special appears on the screen with a black snowy background and the camera pans down to Start Act 1. No blackboard joke or couch gag. Act 1. The episode begins as Homer hastily drives Marge and Maggie in the family car through snow-covered streets. They are late for Bart and Lisa's Christmas pageant at the school. Once at the school, Homer and Marge stumble through a full audience to find their seats. Everyone looks on stage at the pageant that has already begun. Homer and Marge sit down just in time to see... Principal Skinner introduced the second grade That does a presentation of a different Santa Clauses from around the world and Lisa steals a show with Tawanga the Christmas the, <laughs> the Santa Claus of the South Seas cut to Skinner introducing the fourth grade singing a medley of Christmas carols as the all-sing jingle bells Bart can be heard singing rude alternate lyrics to the song jingle bells batman smells and principal skinnery quickly yanks him from the performance with the intent for a vicious reprimand homer is upset that bart has once again misbehaved at the christmas pageant by embarrassing his family although march took no notice of it the pageant continues on as bored homer wanders aloud how long the (laughs) pageant will last afterwards the simpsons go home (laughs) Marge writes a letter for the Simpsons family Christmas cards as Homer gets out Christmas decorations and Bart and Lisa write their Christmas wish list. In the letter, Marge describes how everyone is doing and she reads the letter in her head um, for the camera as the camera comes around her and the different family members as she mentions their names. Bart and Lisa showed Marge their wish list. However, Marge is upset about Lisa's witch once again asked for a pony for Christmas and hoped that Bart's letter would make a little more sense. However, she's dismayed and insulted when she proves to be just as unreasonable as Lisa when it comes asking for a tattoo. Both Marge and Homer refuse to allow him to get one until he's old enough to make his own money. Just then, Marge's sister's Patty Marge's sister Patty calls, a grumbling Homer hands the phone over to Marge and the two sisters discuss their plans for getting together on Christmas Eve. Cut to Homer who is outside putting the finishing touches on the Christmas lights on the roof as the kids watch from the sidewalk. After Homer falls from the roof, he calls out to Marge to plug in the lights. Only a few of the lights actually light up and Homer admires his handiwork while the kids are less impressed. Ned Flanders is also outside and is ready to plug the lights for the first time in his home. He calls out Homer and tells him to check it out. As he plugs in the lights, the entire house lights up, including a talking Santa on the roof. The lights illuminate everyone's face and much of Homer's dismay, his kids are very impressed by Ned's display of lights. At breakfast the next morning, Marge tells the kids to grab their money so they can go Christmas shopping at the mall. As the excited kids run off to get their money, Homer asks Marge where she had been keeping the Christmas savings. She makes him turn around and she pulls a big jar of money out of her hair. Homer is impressed at the amount of money they had for Christmas this year. Later at the mall, as Marge, Lisa, and Maggie look at gifts together, Bart is off by himself and comes across a tattoo parlor. In the window, he sees a tattoo of a heart with the word mother written across it. He daydreams that Marge will have a positive reaction to him getting a tattoo, so he runs inside the parlor, lies to the tattoo artist about his age, and hops into the chair. Meanwhile, at the nuclear power plant, Mr. Burns announces over the loudspeaker that they will not have any Christmas bonuses this year for unskilled workers. This includes Homer. Homer sighs as he remembers that he still has a big jar of money for presents at home. Back at the mall, March hears Bart yelling in pain coming from the inside of the tattoo parlor. She quickly runs inside to see Bart with a heart tattoo halfway finished on his arm. She qu- quickly pulls him out of the chair and takes him to a tattoo removal clinic. The tattoo removal is expensive and requires a full cash payment up front. Marge has to use all of the Christmas money for Bart's tattoo removal, but she sighs and so remembers that She still has a bonus from Homer. uh, She still has money for Homer's Christmas bonus. Back at the home, Marge tells Homer what had happened and Homer freaks out. She tells him to calm down and they will just have to stretch out his Christmas bonus a little further this year. Homer fakes relief when Marge mentions his bonus. He tells everyone that this is going to be the best Christmas ever, steps outside for a quick walk. Once outside, he looks at the poorly decorated house, and then at Flanner's masterpiece. A depressed Homer hangs his head in despair. So in Act 2, in the night in bed, Marge senses something is amiss with Homer, and she asks what is wrong. Homer also tells her the truth about his Christmas bonus, but quickly backpedals, instead offers to do the Christmas shopping, so she doesn't have to. Marge agrees and seems satisfied that there is nothing wrong, and they both go to bed. The next day, Homer does some Christmas shopping alone at a cheap thrift store. He purchases pantyhose for Marge, pads of paper for Bart, a Squeaky Chew toy for Maggie. <laughs> and on the way out of the door with a bag of presents, Homer accidentally crashes into Ned, who has an armful of fancy wrapped packages. All the presents are spilled onto the ground and as homer picks the few he purchased he sees how many ned bought and becomes sad and depressed and heads over to moe's at moe's homer drinks a beer alone with the cheerful barney walks in wearing a santa claus suit barney explains that he is in a good mood because he has extra money from working a part-time job acting as santa claus at the mall homer suddenly has an idea Cut to the personnel office at the mall as Homer fills out an application and is interviewed by a mall Santa. After reviewing Homer's application, the interview or in interviewing him, the personnel director welcomes Homer abro- aboard and sends him a mall Santa training something. <laughs> a montage of Homer enduring Santa's training ensues. Homer finally makes it home late night and is worried Marge wants to know what he has been doing Homer ignores her and heads upstairs but Marge tells him that his sisters are here and they need to visit he needs to visit them as Homer talks to Patty and Simon, they commit comment on the fact that the Simpsons don't have a Christmas tree up yet Homer tells them that he was just on his way to get one and angrily hurries out the door. In the car, Homer drives past several expensive Christmas tree lots and finally stops at a private tree farm and uses a chainsaw to steal a nice Christmas tree from the family. Back at the home, Homer stands up to to, stands up the tree and everyone is impressed except for Patty and Selma. On Christmas Eve at the mall, Homer works as Santa Claus while children wait in line to sit on his lap. From a distance, Bart and Milhouse watch the kids line up to sit at Santa's lap. They comment on how they can't believe the kids are falling for the fake Santa bit. Milhouse dares Bart to yank off Santa's beard and Bart agrees. Bart jumps in line and finally gets his turn on Santa's lap. Not knowing that Santa is really Homer, Bart yanks off his beard. Bart is shocked at what he had uncovered and angry Homer escorts Bart into Santa's workshop to speak with him in private. Homer explains that the, situ- been, uh, he explains the situation to Bart, and <laughs> who understands and feels bad for yanking off Homer's beard. At the end of the Homer shift, Bart goes with Homer as he picks up his check. Homer is surprised to learn that he only made $13. When he questions the cashier, she explains the majority of his check when to pay for Santa's suit, social security, and etc. Well, depressed, Homer sits down to figure out what he can do with $13 and excited Barney tells Homer that he's going to a dog track to place a bet with his $13. He invites Homer to come along with him. Homer is reluctant, but Bart convinces him to go, signing this might be their only chance to save the Simpson Christmas. Act 3. Back at the Simpson home, everyone, including Patty Selma and Grandpa Simpson, wait for Homer and Bart to come home. Cut to the dog track where Barney gives Homer a tip on a dog named Worldwind. After seeing that Worldwind look like, Homer is reluctant to bet on him. Just then an announcement plays over the PA system announcing that a dog named Santa's Little Helper will be replacing another dog in the fourth race. Homer senses that this this announcement is an omen and decides to bet on him even though Bart recommends not to. And despite the fact that the odds are 99 to 1, Homer puts down all $13 on Santa's Little Helper. Meanwhile, at home, Patty and Selma talk bad about Homer while everyone still waits for him and Bart. Back at the track, Homer and Bart anxiously await the running of the fourth race. As the race begins, Homer and Bart cheer on Santa's Little Helper. But Worldwind Barney's pick is out to an early lead and Santa's Little Helper bringing up the rear. Homer and Bart quickly realize their chances of winning at any money are dashed as Santa's little helper didn't even finish the race. Cut to Homer and Bart out in the parking lot of the dog track, looking to discard their betting slips, looking through discarded betting slips, hoping to find that someone has thrown away a winner. Barney drives by in a convertible with a woman in the passenger seat and gloats to Bart and Homer about his pick for the race Whirlwind. A dejected Bart and Homer head back to the car. When off in the distance they see a racing dog owner yelling and chasing off Santa's Little Helper for losing once again. Santa's Little Helper jumps onto Homer's arms. Bart asks to keep Homer if he can if he can keep the dog. Homer reluctant reluctant at first quickly warms up to the dog and decides to take him home. Cut back to the Simpsons' home where everyone still awaits Bart and Homer's return. Suddenly, a sad-looking Homer enters in and starts to confess to everyone about the fact that he didn't receive his Christmas bonus and apologizes for the lack of presents. When Bart bursts in along with the barking Santa's little helper, everyone falls in love with the dog and Homer realizes that in the end, he has done a good job providing gifts at Christmas. The ending credits is the credits roll as the entire Simpson family, including Patty, Selma, and Grandpa Simpson, sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Near the end of the song, Homer ends up strangling Bart if we're adding unofficial rude alternate lyrics to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> and here's some trivia. I actually found a lot of trivia, so let's see what I can do. Marge leaves her car door open when she gets to school for the performance. This is the first episode that we do not start with any kind of show opening, besides the no opening sequence, no ah choir, and no Simpsons chorus, and the usual uh, trademark Simpsons logo instead of the in-show variant. And the exception of for Treehouse of Horror episodes, the title is shown, The Simpsons Christmas Special, and then the episode begins. This is the only episode in the series version of The Simpsons to air in the 1980s decade. The Simpsons Shorts aired from April 19, 1987 to May 14, 1989. The Simpsons Butterfinger commercials were first shown in 1988. This is the only episode to air in 1989. This episode was nominated for but did not win a Primetime Emmy Award in the categories for Outstanding Animated Program for programming one hour or less and Outstanding Editing for miniseries or a special. When Lisa is doing the tribal dance, many people are curious as as to why she wasn't wearing anything from the waist down. Years later, the DVD commentary for this episode revealed Lisa is actually wearing a leotard and is in fact not naked. The episode commentary revealed that the characters got letters of praise for hiding the awareness of abandonment of racing dogs, who are often thrown out into the streets when the owners decide the dogs are no longer profitable, even though they did not know it was a serious problem while they were working on the episode. Matt Groening said that he was inspired to do the Christmas of Many Land sketch of an oral report he gave when he was in his second grade. Graining goes... Uh, whose grandmother is from Russia, gave a report on how Russian children are greeted by Grandfather Winter and given gifts from him, and how due to differences in the Julian and Gregorian calendars, the Russians celebrate their Christmas in January. Although it was his first to air, it was technically supposed to be his eighth episode. The first episode production-wise was intended to be some enchanting evening, but due to animation problems from South Korea. That resulted in that episode being postponed till the end season finale. This episode ended up being the first. If you listen closely, you can hear the song Santa Baby by Madonna played inside Moe's Tavern. Todd sounds a little different in this episode. Marge was first to speak in this episode, making her the first to speak in the whole series in release order. On the airings of August 21st, 2014, and November 24, 2016, also the first day of the Every Simpsons Ever Marathon on FX, this was the first episode of Season 1 through early season 20, ending with Lisa the drama queen, to be broadcast in high-definition widescreen instead of the standard definition full screen. However, a FX X rerun of the episode the spanish dub credits has been superimposed over the scene where lisa when the simpsons are looking at flannister's house decorations this does not affect the marathon or sunday airings as it shows the spanish dub credits over a black screen this was also the first episode of season one through early season 20 on fxx to be completely remastered recolor-coded and the episode's original negative film reels into high definition. This episode and the series version of The Simpsons both turned 5 years old on December 17, 1994, 10 years old on December 17, 1999, 15 years old on December 17, 2004, 20 years old on December 17, 2009, 25 years old on December 17, 2014, and 30 years old on December 17, 2019. The music heard, uh, piece heard when Marge gets surprised by Bart getting a tattoo is Dramatic Impact 2 from Ren and Stimpy. The Omen short Simpsons Christmas first aired 364 days before this episode. This episode credits to have a 1990 copyright despite airing in 1989. A more likely explanation is because this episode was originally intended to air halfway through season 1 making it... In making it would have been aired in 1990. this episode was re-aired in April 22nd, 2012 as part of Fox's 25th anniversary 17 years and just over four months since the episode last aired. After one page of the ending credits uh, is on repeat, that ap- appeared during the original broadcast the Christmas the Simpsons Christmas special bumpers were seen at the end of ad breaks before the next part of the episode aired. Sure. (laughs) A man with a child is in the dog tracks. He appears to have the same color design as Lou, but has yellow skin and similar voice, but in a bit higher pitch. The little boy uh, in the play at the beginning appears to be Ralph Ralph Wiggum and his voice is completely different. Al Jean has said in his vision of the series, ending with the characters going to Christmas pageant that opens up this episode so The Simpsons becomes a never-ending loop. I did find some cultural references. Woohoo! <laughs> the episode features a similar storyline to the Christmas Day at the Bunkers episode of All in the Family. The title is a reference to the line Chris Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire from The Christmas Song. Bart refers to a Charlie Brown's Christmas. Bart refers to the Smurfs Christmas special. Skinner mentions a book, A Christmas Carol, and Bart references Uh, refers to Tiny Tim. Bart sings Jingle Bells an alternative Batman Smells lyric. Bart makes a disrespectful remark to a mall Santa in Miracle on 34th Street. The race dog o' war is a reference to horse race man o' war. The family singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer at the end. Bart is strapped onto a table with a laser moving towards him in a reference to Goldfinger. Part of the plot is similar to The Gift of the Magi. Homer gets his Christmas bonus and says to himself, oh, well, thank goodness for the big old jar. Marge uses her money to remove Bart's tattoo and says, oh, well, thank goodness to Homer's big Christmas bonus. Similar to how the short story of O. Henry, a man sells his watch to buy his wife an expensive set of combs. His wife cuts her hair to sell it further due to a wig maker in order to buy him a gold chain for his husband's watch. (laughs) Like a Catch-22 kind of thing. And here's my review for the episode. There's just something about the vibe of the first few seasons of The Simpsons I just don't think we're ever gonna have again. The animation is scratchy and rather stilted, but it has its own charm and I appreciate it more and more as I get older. The humor was much more grounded in reality and it was even though the show was chaotic, it was in a way that was super entertaining and also charming. I remember as a kid, all the kids in school did the Jingle Bells Batman Smell song because of this episode. When March uh, writes a letter, um, you know, you can really get a true understanding of her family dynamic. It's rather impressive how much world building they were able to do in just one episode. I remember as a kid, I thought Bart was way too edgy for getting a tattoo. He kind of freaked me out. <laughs> At the time, tattoos were like for bad dudes and for having a kid to have a tattoo like Bart... It made you feel like, yo, he's taking it too far, you know? And uh, <laughs> it was uh, kind of messed up that uh, he got laser tattoo removal, which was something that was basically unheard of back then. Well, for me, anyways, as a little kid. After Homer learns that they don't have enough money for Christmas, it was a real struggle for him. He was just trying to be a good provider for his family, but this setback really affected him. There was just so much pressure in society to have this picture perfect christmas event just being around your loved ones and appreciating each other is sometimes the best gift of all honestly homer begins to work as an, an extra shift as a mall santa to make up for the money the fact that he's missing some money and the Mar- and marge's sisters really do get under his skin and make him feel do dangerous things just to prove that he's worthy of marge's love in this episode homer basically steals a christmas tree from private property to provide for his family on you know on christmas Bart being in the mall trying to embarrass some mall Santa and then finding out that was his father was a really cool surprise and something that was original I don't think we've ever seen before on TV. I love the lesson that Homer learns when he went to get his check of $13. You know, that little by little everybody screws you over. <laughs> Homer feels defeat as he is truly led down by, uh, letting down his family and by not having a gift for his family. This is something we don't really see Homer do too much anymore. This is back when Homer actually had emotions towards his family. He wasn't very, you know, him-centric. Bart visits Homer to go to the racetrack to get some money, you know, by spending the money that he got from the, the Santa thing. And it obviously didn't pan out the way he expected. I did love how Lisa and Maggie uh, love the happy little tree elves, I think it was called, which was basically a Smurf parody. And I thought it was really cute. Homer having... You know, so much hope and Bart, even though he might not feel like he was going to succeed, still swallows his fear and supported him, which is something Bart doesn't normally do. And at the very end, Bart felt betrayed because he didn't win any money. And it's not how Christmas specials are supposed to end. Because in his mind, Christmas specials end, you know, um happy. And this wasn't going to end that way for him. And he's really confused and feels kind of upset about the fantasy that he was imagining. But being Homer in the parking lot with Bart and feeling a despair and hope by looking through all those old tickets and then having literally the best gift they could possibly have fallen to his arms is something that is truly magical about this episode because even though there was no hope, there was a solution at the end. And the fact that when they came home, no one cared about money or anything like that because They were so happy they had a new dog and they were able to have something to love and care for, you know, with each other. That was probably the more exciting thing for them than any old, like, you know, pair of mittens or whatever Homer was going to get them. (laughs) You know, they knew how to tell a story back then and also in a fun way that made just, you know, made all the characters feel believable. that exist in a real universe. It wasn't, it didn't feel so out of touch with reality. When you watch like episodes like these, like the older Simpsons episode, you just feel like they were they were really telling a story. They were master at their craft at that point, and you know we're never gonna get anything like that again. I feel, um, Bob's Burgers is pretty darn close for it in the most part, but it just feels like there was just this magic that they had during that era that doesn't feel like we'll ever have again. And I really wish we could re- recreate that with the new seasons, but. This season did not prove that that was even possible. It feels like they were just back at, you know, their stereotypical storylines they always do. So Simpsons on an open Roasting on an Open Fire is a classic and deserves nothing under a 10 out of 10. Because if you give it anything under 10 out of 10, you are definitely giving Grinch vibes. <laughs> I will probably watch this a few more times before Christmas because it is my go-to when I'm wrapping gifts or making Christmas desserts. I've been doing that since pretty much this episode aired, maybe. I remember we used to have a VHS of it that recorded off the TV. We used to play it every Christmas. But um, yeah, I I remember watching this pretty much forever. I can't. It's like one of those things you just remember is like it's a a memory that's always there. Um, Having every Christmas, we would play this whenever we could. If it was on reruns, any moment we could. It was just one of those things that just makes me feel like Christmas isn't real until I watch it. And this year Christmas is real cuz I just watched it. <laughs> and it's just one of those things like when I watch Bob's Burgers it's one of those things that just like lives with me in the background and I appreciate everything and they they have such great storylines and the world building and caring and stuff all that. I just really love their whole vibe. Early Simpsons gave me that same kind of comfort and vibe, and I'm kind of happy that I do have another version, another family that do give me that vibe of like caringness and loving and, um, you know, being funny without being hurtful kind of thing, because I really missed that era of the Simpsons. And this really feels like a warm cup of coffee or cocoa or whatever you like. It just makes you feel so good watching it. And I'm so happy that we get to, uh, re-enjoy it again, <laughs> and, again and again and again, over and over and over. It's like, I don't listen to Christmas music very often, but I do watch Christmas specials a lot. They're like my Christmas music. <laughs> Well, anyways, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hopefully you're getting, uh, if you are, you know, doing Christmas, you're uh, getting all your plans settled. And if you're, you know, performing another holiday, hopefully you're already one foot step, you know, in the in front of the other, getting ready for your special event, such as Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all those. So very important. And, um, yeah, I'm going to have another holiday special uh, next Wednesday for The Simpsons. Uh, see which ones they have and pick one from there then this Friday there's another uh, I think uh, we're going to do a Christmas Bob's Burgers uh, episode possibly their first one probably also because I think that'd be a pretty good start and then uh, if there's any new episodes this Sunday we'll have more premiere night but until the next episode bye-bye